Well, good morning. Welcome to the Pulse WV Live and Network that beats to the heart of God. I am your host, John Fowler. We have Pastor Jay Mace in the house today. There he is. What up? What up? Sorry, I didn't have my mic on. Uh, well, that's all right. John Sandy probably turned it off the last time he was here. <laughs> I always tell him, don't turn the mic off. Don't but do it. He's like, it's like. But then you get high, hot mics, right? Oh, yeah. Then yeah. you can say things and it gets out there. And yeah. Then you have to be. What was that uh, one president? Oh, it was uh, Ronald Reagan. You remember Ronald Reagan back in the day when I they do. were doing a test and he said, uh, he said, we are now nuking nu- uh, Russia or something yeah. like that. And Everyone then, flipped out. And then he had to uh, apologize to Gorbachev and all those guys. <laughs> uh, he's not like, he's nothing like we've got now. But, you know, he was, he was a good one. I liked Reagan yeah, a Reagan. lot. Yeah, Reagan um, was a good one. He is, he is what? I don't, I don't like to call myself Republican or Democrat. We're not getting political this morning, but um, you telling me that I, I am. I'm telling you, we're not. <laughs> I, you know, I was raised in a very staunch Democrat family, union um, based and minded, and um, and believe in all of those traditional values of the Democratic Party. Um, I don't believe it's that anymore. Um, and I'll just say that and leave it as a blanket statement, but, um, I don't really consider myself hard right either, but I I probably definitely lean right. Um, and uh, so I just don't, I don't like to label myself. I'm Uh, a Christian, Yeah, you know, and if we put, you know, I'm a, I'm a conservative Christian. If I, but I'm a liberal Christian, if, you know, if I put anything in front of Christian, then what I'm doing is I'm defining myself and my Christianity more by that label than Jesus Christ. Right. And and so I wanna I wanna operate under the authoritative example of, of Jesus Christ and um and what is meant. And um you know, it is we're kinda getting into a lot of things and things we're talking about in our men's group at the church, you know, that that was the rub for the Pharisees. Right. Is that Jesus came and as the living word was breaking down and creating dissent amongst the Jewish leaders because what they were teaching and promoting and making people be had nothing to do with God's original intent. Right. And and so as that started breaking down... Um, you know, it was a huge rub for them. Right. Um, and uh, we even talked this past week about, you know, Jesus says things like, I am the way, right. the truth, and the life. Right? And, and we think of that as, yes, he's the only way to heaven. No one comes to the Father. But by him, all certainly true. But what the Jews or, or the Jewish leaders saw in that day is um, the temple courtyard, right. that first level the gate of that first level was called the way. Right. The gate of the second level was called the truth, and and the gate of the last entrance into where the holy of holy was behind the the curtain was called the life. That's and so, so when Jesus was saying, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life," yeah. he was ultimately saying, "What you have set up in your hearts and convinced yourself you're okay with, right? I'm now." replacing 
Wow. I'm now taking that over. That's so good. Because I'm I'm truly that. Right. That's ornamentally that at best. Right. Now I'm the way to God. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Not the temple, not the holy of holies, and certainly not you and your teachings. Right. It's me. Right. And and so it was things like that that, you know, if if we don't understand the whole context, we don't really understand, well, why did they get so ticked off about that? Right. Right? You know, other than the fact that, it, you know, false prophet, heretic type thing. Other than that, which certainly you should get upset about, but, you know, but when we understand the full context, then we're like, oh, right, okay, this is why. This is why it was a major rub, because Jesus was essentially saying, I have, I have come to tear that down. So there's three steps, up. Three, three steps to the, the process there, the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, and there was, there's different sacraments that take place. We, this actually came up in our men's group, and I shared this, and around the, around the circle, people were like, I never knew that. And so I shared you know, one of the rabbinical documents that, that talk about it. Um, or a breakdown, not a rabbinical document, but a breakdown of, of the rabbinic, the rabbinical, that's hard to say, um, uh, statutes that, um, you know, that determine that. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, understanding Jesus in those places and, and what he ultimately came to do help us understand why there was so much friction created amongst the religious leaders. It wasn't just because they were jealous or because, they didn't like him, but because he was ultimately, you know, destroying the the false foundations they had set up. So why why does it seem like that when somebody dies, everybody goes to heaven? Have you ever noticed that? Like people, I mean, that, that's not true that everybody goes to heaven. Well, but people, it's like, I mean, like when, when Dale Hurt, Earnhardt Sr. died. You know, he's got his angel wings. Don't mess with Dale, man. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, literally, there's going to be people waiting outside that door if you mess with Dale. Because, no, no, that's not what I mean. Because (laughs) I I, I think he made it. But, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, he had his wings. You you take some of these politicians that you know they live like the devil. Yeah. And they're in heaven. You know, it's like everybody goes to heaven. Oprah says, you know, that there's many ways to heaven, Hmm. you know. But Jesus said which that, is wrong. Which is wrong. Yeah. But Jesus said that he he is the only way. Yeah. And uh, but you know it's like everybody that dies. It seems like maybe in Hollywood goes to heaven. Well, and, and I'm not saying Dylan Howard didn't make it. I'm people just using need hope. Example. Yeah. People need hope, and I think if they can, you know, portray hope on someone else's life, no matter how they lived. Right. Um, then I think it gives them hope that in their their state and their uh, moral situation right. that they um, they have hope of, of making it too. The problem with that is we don't give people hope in Jesus yeah. on the level that we should. Um, and, and so people try to self-gratify with hope yeah. and falsely. And, and, you know, I saw a, a good thing that, that Becky posted from our church um, just as I was leaving to come over here. You know, and it said, um, you know, unconditional love does not mean unconditional tolerance. Wow. And I'm thinking, man, how true. Really you know, because the first time you try to correct someone 
and they rebel, well, then you're a bad person. It's your fault, you know. You didn't treat me right. You didn't love me right, and and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, no, the Word says, man, if you you can't take correction, you're not a child. Right. You know, you're not a child. And um, I think we have a lot of people out there living in a very immature state, Spiritually, yeah. regardless of regardless of their biblical knowledge, regardless of their gifts, regardless of, you know, all of the resume items, mm-hmm. they're operating very immaturely because they want to do it their way. Yeah. You know, they want to they want to manifest this thing in the flesh mm-hmm. and according to their flesh and according to their heart's desire rather than the father's. And and, you know, you can always see that immediately. The first time there's a little bit of correction yeah. and, and how they respond to that. Um, you know, a child of God is going to respond to biblical correction, not man correction, not Jay correction, John correction, but biblical correction. They're going to yeah. respond to that as a child. Right. And, right. and they're going to they're going to seek to grow in that right. and everything. Um, but I think and we were talking about this before we went on the air, um, not in that same context, but um we're trying to we're trying to live spiritually right from the flesh yeah and not from the spirit and and that's that's a big problem when you when you think about now here's a couple things and you know as well as i do and and as many years hang on just to finish the point i said all of that yeah to to say that's why i don't like to label my christianity right you know and and it's not just you know, it's not just anything. I'm not a, I'm not a white Christian. I'm not a black Christian. I'm not a conservative Christian. I'm not a liberal Christian. I'm not a this Christian or a that Christian. I'm a Christian, right? Right. It doesn't need another label, and and unfortunately, um, we see a lot of that today. So anyway, that was no. my main point. That's what got us there. So let me just wrap that up. No, it's all well. You know, as as many years as we've been, you know, doing this, how many people have you? sat down and corrected in the workplace and they came back to work the next day. Yeah. But how many people have you corrected in the church? It's a really good point. And they left. Mm. It just tells you where people are. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and people do, I think Jay, that what I've learned over the years is people want a preacher and not a pastor. Yeah. You know, we're doing one of the studies uh, with uh, the kids uh, in the group that I teach on Sunday mornings in the Connect group. Um, it's uh, it's not a fan, and it's on right now media. Mm. And he said, it's a good that, book. I read that. Oh, did a long you? Long time ago. Yeah. And and this guy is saying in the video, he said that that guy um, wrote a letter to the church, and he said, "Please take my name off off the membership of the church. I don't want to be a member anymore, and I'm not going to be attending anymore." So the pastor calls him. And he says, he says, I just, just understand that, you know, my sermons, you know, aren't doing anything for you. He says, well, he says, the problem with your sermons is that he says, I feel like you're interfering with my life. That's what he told him. Hmm. And he said, well, that's a good thing, hmm. you know? And so, but, you know, it's just where, I think it's just where people are within society today. I said this from the pulpit Sunday. I said, if I did the things that you all did and the sins that you all committed in the church, 
I said, you all would want, thrown out. You'd want my head on a block. Yep. And I said, so why do you get away with it? Mm. I mean, how true is it? You know, it's like people hold us to a higher standard. But, but the thing about it is, that shouldn't even be. We should mm. all be on that higher yeah. standard. No yeah. matter what your label is, which really doesn't matter. But, doesn't matter at all. You know, but no matter what you are, <clears throat> we should all, because you're not going to get to heaven because you're a pastor. Mm. You're not going to get to heaven because you're a connect leader or you lead the men's ministry. You get into heaven because you're a Christian, because you're blood-bought, because you live right. Or and because you have gifts. Yeah. There's a lot of gifts misused in the church today. Oh, big time. And in, in, in ugly ways. And... um yeah, you know, and and again, it's it's because we're manifest. I mean, it doesn't mean that the anointing isn't there. Right. It doesn't mean that God hasn't gifted you. Right. But when we're trying to manifest something spiritual, yeah, in the flesh, rather than in the spirit, it's a yeah. big problem. It really it's a is a big problem. It's blasphemy at the greatest of levels. That's so. exa- that's exactly where I was going. Pastor Jay is on uh, part seventeen uh, in Jesus together. Of 397. You and John Sandy. He, I mean, John Sandy is the same way. It's like, I, I think he's on part 18 of paying it forward. I'm thinking, I don't know how many ways you can pay it forward. You know? I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that this really should have been called a series. We should have just uh, called it a theme and, and went with it. But um, Like on the Christmas story. Here, here we are. So I want you to write a theme. Remember how the teacher yeah. says that? I've never seen that movie. No, no. He th- they threw down those GDs in the beginning, and I didn't and Sam know that. turned it off. Yeah, I never even heard that. No, I just I must have just walked by it. Um, when it comes to something that you said in the sermon, oh boy, and I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay, because I've def- I've looked it up, and I can't find the actual term, but I know what you mean. It's self blasphemy, and so I started. It says. So the question was, is how do you walk in a place of self-blasphemy is what you said. And so I'm trying to figure that out. And I know what blaspheming means. It's a great disrespect shown to God or to something holy. So when you add the word self at the beginning of it, what does that mean? Well, I'm trying to remember what context I said that in because it was very good. You know how it is. There's it's a complete oh, yeah. blur after you you preach a message. But oh, yeah. um, and I'm not trying think, to put you on. The spot. No, no, I I like it. I mean, I, that's because <laughs> I, I mean that's know. part of the challenge of of this <laughs> is I should be able to sit here and defend what what was preached. Um, hmm. I, what I what I'm assuming I meant without knowing the full context because I, I literally don't remember that, but. I I see self-blasphemy as, blasphemy is what you just read. It's ultimately putting ourselves equal to or above God in in some fashion. Um, So when I do that from a self-blasphemy place, a self-blaspheming place, I'm struggling to talk today. When we do that, what we're ultimately doing is we're putting ourselves above God's ordinance for our life. And meaning that we're not necessarily putting ourselves equal to or above God, but we're putting our desires 
and the way we live our life above the teachings of God. Wow. So we're living from a place of self blasphemy. What does it mean? It means we're ultimately destroying our witness and destroying our testimony because we're living from a place of self mm-hmm. rather than from a place of godliness. That is so good. That's perfect. Is it? <laughs> good. Yeah, I good. mean, it's perfect. Because, I mean, it's like, there, you know, there is no other name above the name of Jesus. You know, every sickness, and I preached a sermon on this one time, every sickness has a name. And if it has a name, it has a knee. Because if it has a, if it yeah, has a name, good. it has a knee, because why? It has every to bow. Every knee will bow. Yeah. Every, every knee will bow. So, you know, cancer has a knee. Yeah. Because cancer, the, the word cancer is not above the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. No. You know, and, you know, whatever it may be, you know, an addiction but, is but not above the name of Jesus. But neither is J. John Fowler. No. Or yeah. anybody else out there to, today. I mean, we, right. we're we not above God. No. And, you know, and, and I think we all know that. And I think we all, well, not all. Because Satan obviously didn't know that, and then those who follow him obviously don't know that. He's and stupid. and I think you know we have we have a lot of people operating, quote unquote, spiritually, but they're operating in that same spirit of of Satan, because you know, you know, I want attention. I want to know, you know, what I get out of this. You know, right. I you know I, I've heard people literally from the pulpit say, "What do I get out of this?" You know, right. and and so forth. Well, if that's your heart, yourself, yourself blaspheming because right. you're not you're not there for God, right? You're there for yourself, and you know that's why it was important to me that that when we started Winfield, I'm not I didn't take a dime, right? You know, I, I I'm not taking a dime. I have a job; it pays my bills. Anything else? I, I don't. I don't want anything. Maybe cover some expenses here and there, you know, of of things I'm doing for the church. But beyond that, you know, I, I don't want anything. Why? Because I don't want this to be about me. Right. Right. I want it. I want it to just flow from heaven. Amen. And what's meant to be will be. Right. And and I think we get so we get so caught up in what's in it for me that we self-blaspheme what God has for our life. And God can never get us to what he has for our life because we're so busy trying to make it happen. Yes. Right? It's like when you and I met and we we agreed to fast and pray. You know, what did we say? We said if a door shuts, we're not going to kick it in. Right. That's self-blasphemy. I'm trying to make what we want to happen in the name of Jesus. Right. I mean, did you, you see all that? Perfect. Oh, it's good. <laughs> We're going to try to make what we want to happen. Right. In the name of Jesus. Right. Well, there's no God in that. No. If we're if we're forcing our will, and then and then claiming that it's a God thing, I mean, there's there's no greater blasphemy uh, from a from a point of self in in the world. Aren't you glad we're recording this so we can go back and listen to all these? profound things yeah i you know i, I had someone because i made the statement a minute ago and you know it's a blur and i, I don't remember I, I had someone say to me one time how do you not remember what you preached i said and and i looked at him i said because i was in the hands of the lord 
and his spirit was on me yeah and his voice came through me yeah and everything i said i wasn't reading you a book and i wasn't reading you pages of notes i was anointed god was bringing from me what god wanted to bring from me so yes when I step That's out of the good. pulpit, it's a blur. Yeah. And and a lot of times people, like you, a lot of people come up and say, you said this. I was like, really? Did I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that sounded good. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's so You funny. know, it doesn't mean that it's not prepared. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not spending hours of study and, and research and, and, and putting the time in. But I've always been a firm believer that if I do my part right, and then I give it to God, He'll do everything else. And um, and so that's just kind of how I've always operated. I wrote down something here <clears throat> that says, and this may be, this may fall in line with self-blasphemy, is that when we self-promote <clears throat> and we're using the name of God in our self-promote, well, I'm just trying to be a vessel of him. <clears throat> when in turn, what we're doing is we're using God to self-promote we're using so what we're doing is we're saying we're, we're self-promoting and we're using god's name that i'm doing this in him but i'm trying to make a name for myself yeah instead of for god i would say that falls in line too a lot of it i, I see that in kind of two <clears throat> parts um <clears throat> one i i make it a habit that when someone tries to put praise on me to deflect it yeah. Not that I'm I don't not that I don't appreciate their their sure. words and not that their encouragement doesn't mean a lot because it absolutely does. So I'm I'm not telling you not to encourage your pastors and not to encourage, you know, the people who sow into your life. You absolutely should. But understand that when they kind of deflect that softly, hopefully they don't deflect it, you know, coarse in any way. But right. but that if they deflect that softly, what they're doing is they're trying to keep themselves in a state of submission. Right. You know, and, and, you know, so I'll have people text me after, you know, a sermon and, and, you know, I, I see it as they're not praising me, they're praising the sermon and, and the sermon hopefully came from God. So there's no me in it, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm quick to, you know, God really helped today or God was, yeah. you know, God was, was really, um, a blessing to all of us today, or I'm quick to do that because I, I want to stay in a place of submission so I don't become that person right. that you're talking about yeah. who uses that aura yeah. as a means of self-promotion. Yeah. Here's the thing, here's the thing I learned a long long time ago. If I'm in the hands of Jesus and I'm doing what I'm called to do, mm-hmm. he'll put me right where he wants me. Yeah, you don't have to make it happen. And if that's on a stage in front of three, or if that's on a stage in front of 3,000, he'll do it. Yeah. Have no doubt. And I've done both. I've been on a stage in front of three, and I've been on a stage in front—I don't think it was 3,000, but it was definitely 1,500 plus. So, you know, I've I've been in both scenarios. Sure. Right? And I, I trust God for that. Right. Right? He knows where he wants me to minister, who he wants me to minister to. And how my job is to be prepared. Study to show yourself approved. Yeah. Be prepared. And and God will you know, God will work all of those things for, for your good. Yeah. And and for the good of the kingdom. And um, you know, we just need to quit playing 
God, ultimately. Yeah. We did a, uh, we're now, <clears throat> we've been doing this for some time. We're on Rumble. You, you're familiar with Rumble. You know, it's more of a, I mean, we're actually broadcasting, well, not live, but it'll be uploaded here. It's more of a, a gaming bit. type thing, right? The Rumble is is more of a um, a political mm. non-bias. Okay. You know, as to where they're not going to kick you off like Facebook or YouTube would if you, right. you know, talk about abortion. You know, that everything goes. It's almost like Elon Musk with Twitter, you know, where you can say just anything you want to now. <clears throat> so, anyway... Um, we were getting absolutely no hits on the videos, on the podcast, nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. And then we'd get one and then there was two. And then, you know, there was this and there was that. And so then I was thinking, you know, well, maybe we shouldn't do it anymore, you know? And so, but then I got to thinking there's consistently, there was consistently that one person. Mm-hmm. And it takes about 15 minutes to do the upload. And I'm thinking... One person's worth that. One person's worth that. Yeah, 100%. Then I looked the other day, and there was one podcast that there were 7,500 views. Mm. On Rumble. On Rumble. Wow. And I've never seen that that big a thing before. And I don't even know what it was. Mm. I mean, it, I, it, I didn't really think the podcast was that good that I did. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's not up to me. Yeah. You know, all we can do from the pulpit, from behind the microphone is to share the gospel. And then what what the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus decide to do with it is up to them. Yep, 100%. You, you can't make people live right. Nope. All we can do is just get it out there to them. So when, and this goes to the next the, to the next question, is what does it mean to operate in self? Because when we operate in self, we know it's a disaster. Well, I think, uh, you know, we are, we are making decisions and, and we are living a life that makes us happy, yeah. ultimately. Um, and I don't know about you, but I haven't been able to find happy in my Bible. It's not in there, is it? Mm, it's not. Nor are we to pursue happiness right mm. what we're what we're called to pursue is a life like Christ and and I said this a couple of weeks ago that he is our authoritative authoritative meaning that that he's God in the flesh right so it has full authority he is our authoritative example of what God intended our lives to look like from day one and if we live our lives, if we make decisions, if we say or promote anything less than that, then we're not promoting Christ, right? right. So in turn, then we're operating, you know, from self. And what's bad about self, right, is we can be moralistic, 100% moralistic in, in ourself, Right. Meaning we're not a bad person, you know, meaning we don't do bad things and we can be convinced that that's enough. And so we can start living in that, promoting that and making that equal to what Jesus did. What's not equal to what Jesus did. 
not a, not in any way, shape, or form, is it equal to who Jesus was and what Jesus did when he walked this earth? That's our authoritative example, and and the whole point of this series, you know, is is we talk about Acts chapter two, but but I don't think anyone understands Acts chapter two because to get to Acts chapter two, you got to get the authoritative example of Jesus Christ right. You know, and and you know when we first started this this series, I put a semicolon after Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a couple people that were like, "Oh, that's not grammatically correct." I'm like, "I don't care." <laughs> They're like, "Well, wait, you can't. Okay. You know, you can't put this stuff out there that's that's right. grammatically incorrect." I'm like, "Yeah, I can," yeah. and everything because I wanted to make a point. You know, a semicolon, and it's been a big deal lately. A semicolon, people are getting it tattooed on them, and everything else is basically. You know, something people are using to say, but wait, there's more, right? Because right. that's what a semicolon means. Right. It means I finished that statement, but wait, there's more, right, mm-hmm. is ultimately what a semicolon means. And, you know, for us to get to a, but wait, there's more part of our life, we got to get Jesus right first. Yeah. So for us to get to the semicolon, and then leap into that spiritual togetherness mm-hmm. that was found in the upper room yeah. and and then broke forth into man and, and being able wow. to do all of the things that Jesus had done, right? Ultimately, that's what was given to man at that day, mm-hmm. is, is everything Jesus had done, that power had fallen upon them. Wow, yeah. And for us to get there... We don't get there from from my point of view. Right. We don't get there from your point of view. I can have the greatest morals on the face of the earth, but morals don't get me there. No. What gets me there is Jesus. Right. And only Jesus. And and his authoritative example on, on this earth. So, you know, that that is you know, I think that is where we demolish self. And, and, you know, and I said this in one of the sermons, I don't remember if it was this week or I think it was a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, God promised all of this to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. We never had to get to Pentecost. We yeah. never had to go through all of the the slavery and all of the captivity and all of the the stuff that, that man went through to to get us to the book of John, right? Right. We never had to have all of that. God promised it all from day one. That's true. He developed a garden as a replica of heaven and and said, I will provide all things to you. Yes. Right? Yeah. But Eve operated from self mm-hmm. and and the serpent embellished Eve's desires. Right. And so she chose what she thought was a shortcut right. to get everything that God had promised. When we're shortcutting life, mm-hmm. committing adultery, mm-hmm. gambling excessively to the point that it, it hurts us and hurts our family, um, you know, stealing on and on and on. I mean, I, I could list, 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 list here. Lying, cheating, yeah, all of that. When When we operate from those things... Because, well, we want what we want. Well, you better not get to heaven and blame Eve. Right. Wow, that's good. Because you're operating just as badly, if not worse, right. than she did. Wow. 
Let me ask you something. <clears throat> when you look at um, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, <clears throat> it says, And Jesus said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You've mentioned this several times within this series because, because it is true that for whosoever will shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life shall find it. Now, there, there have been things recently within my life that God has spoke to me about that he wants me to take up my cross in areas. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, and I'm thinking, okay, God, I, I can't do that on my own. I've got to have your help to do that. And it's all part of the sanctification process. You know, I don't believe the second work of grace and going to the altar to get sanctified. I don't believe that. I think sanctification is a process of elimination of things in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, so there are things that that you and I have to continue to to allow God to work on us that are tough. Yeah. I mean, it is tough because our flesh wants its way every time. And like Pastor Jay said a minute ago, is that we are trying to live spiritually in the flesh, and you can't do it. So he's going to talk to you in your life over things, over your whole lifespan of saying, you know, I don't want you to say that anymore. I don't want you to do that anymore. But Christianity is not always about what you have to give up, but it's about things that you have to start. It's about what opens the door when you do give it up. Yeah. Because it opens up the door to plenty. And God, you know, we've talked about this. I'm I'm not what they, you know, um, I can't even think of the word right now. I'm not a... um, a money gospel. What do they call it? Prosperity. Prosperity. I'm, I'm not what they call a prosperity gospel right. guy, right? right? But but I think a lot of times that's semantics because, you know, I don't believe in big mansions. I don't believe in limousines and, and, and all of the crazy stuff that a lot of these guys are out there doing. If you've been blessed to that level— Right. And to whom much is given, much is required. Right. And and everything that you're putting in the driveway and putting in your home and, and, and putting in your pocket and everything else, there there better be tenfold of that going yes. back out somewhere. Yeah. And not, not from not from the church, from you. Yeah. From you going back out. And mm-hmm. and so forth. So I I'm not a big believer in the prosperity gospel in that mindset. And I think when we say prosperity gospel, that's what most people think of is they think of big houses, you know, big houses, limousines, private jets and everything, not, not private propeller planes, but (laughs) private jets and, and all of those things. And we think on that level, we think of high lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I think of when I think of prosperity gospel. What I do believe in, and again, it can be semantics, is I believe in a God of plenty. I believe in a God that when I do my part, I give uh, according to to what's given to me, and and I you know I provide as I'm as I'm provided for, right? Because it, everything is is based on what God's doing for us. Everything God's doing for us, we should be doing for others. That's good. Right? And and so I I absolutely believe 
in a God of plenty or a plenty gospel, if you want to put it that way. Because I believe that when we are generous with our blessing, God will continue to give us more blessing because we've proven to be faithful with it. Right. Right. And, and, you know, so call it semantics, call it what you will. I don't, I don't believe in a high and and lifted lifestyle. If so, we're going to have to start apologizing to the, you know, to the hidden churches in China and, and, and all of these places that, you know, are, are eating dirt essentially to live and share the gospel. And, you know, until we see it on that level, um, I don't think we really picture mm-hmm. the 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 true sacrifice of of the gospel, and um, you know. So, how in the world can can someone live in a, a ten million dollar home and don't and call themselves, you know, uh, a servant of God when those those people in China are are eating dirt right. and everything else? I, I don't I don't think the two correlate. Right, and I I can't correlate that myself. And if a person's given back too much as required, mm-hmm. then that helps in the process. It, of uh, but well, but uh, living that way is really haughty though. With you know? with the right heart though, because right. you know a lot of us have this mindset of, "Yep, I gave, I'm good." Right. You know. Well, clearly you didn't give till it hurt, so give more. Is that part of the right. cross? Tithing, giving. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think I think being generous with what you're given, being generous with your blessing, mm-hmm. is is part of the cross. Yeah. Um. You know. You know how ministry is. I mean, there's times that you're just wore out physically. Yeah. You know, because this person's calling, this person's calling, this person has a need, that person has a need. And I'm not against that. So don't stop calling me if you have a need. Right. Don't don't think I'm complaining. I'm not complaining. But you know there are there that's that's being generous with what's given. God's given a gift mm-hmm. to interpret and understand and discern the word. Yeah. Right. And and so you need to be generous with that, mm-hmm. in sharing it, you know, with others and and teaching it to others and and leading people in it um, to others. Um, and that so goes good. well beyond the pul- pulpit. Goes well beyond the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's why I, I don't I don't give much for today's career preacher mentality is because they want to show up on Sunday morning, read something that they probably mostly got off the internet or someone else's books right. and, and not from an, their own anointing right. and, and then run and hide in a back room and never be generous with what God gave them. That's good. That's not, that's not a cross, man. That's not, that's not anointed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not anointed preaching. Right. In in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not belittling anyone. I have no one in mind when I say that. But this mindset that we've brought into the church, mm-hmm. I don't believe is edifying to God because that that's not how Jesus did it. Right. Jesus ministered from among the people. Right? The Bible tells us he was he was thronged upon. Right? Mm-hmm. And and crowds gathered around him. Right? I love that scene in the chosen where he has ministered all day to the point he can barely walk. And, and you know, the disciples are sitting around talking about how tired they are and everything else. 
sitting around the campfire, chilling out, arguing amongst themselves who's more important and everything else. And here comes Jesus who can barely walk, collapses in bed, and his mother goes in and takes takes his sandals off and and cleans them off for him because he's just not physically capable of doing it. Man, until we understand ministry on that level, we're pretenders. Yeah. Till we understand ministry on that level, we're pretenders because we're not walking in the same footprints Jesus laid down before us. And and it takes sacrifice. And yes, it, it's compared to a cross because it is sacrificial. Yeah. And and it has to be sacrificial. Yeah. It has to be giving from our blessing. Sure. Amen. Because if, if God sees us not giving from our blessing, he's going to withdraw, man. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like, well, <laughs> Jay's not doing a good job with that. So I'm going to pull a little butt back. Until he can handle what I've already given. Yeah. Right? And, you know, so when we start when we start operating from self in that, when we start looking for self and vainglory in, in that and, and everything, then then we're self blasphemying. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's good stuff, no doubt. When it comes to um Jesus together part seventeen and talking about the things that we're talking about, where does Lazarus play a part of this in John chapter 11? Um, well, we're not to Lazarus yet. Okay. Um, this week was probably more about Thomas than it was Lazarus. And Did I say Tom? Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. We're just Thomas playing I'm this. Stuck on, well, I'm because stuck on Lazarus. Everyone thinks of John 11 as being the Lazarus chapter, right? right? But we kind of skip over those first few verses where to me is one of the most intense but cool moments of of scripture because Jesus is saying we're going to go to Bethany because Lazarus excuse me is sick right? right and then he says Lazarus is asleep and so forth so his disciples immediately are fear stricken they're immediately fear stricken and they're immediately like holy crap they, they probably literally said holy crap and we can't go to Bethany because the last time we went to Judea, we almost died. Right? Yeah. So immediately, you know, the deacon board is saying, <laughs> nope, can't do that, preacher. Can't do that. Right. Right? And, you know, immediate consensus right. among everyone but Thomas. Right. right. And I, and I'm cutting to the end of the story. So but good. but there's this this moment where they're literally arguing with Jesus. Right. Right? Literally arguing with Jesus. Mm. We can't go there, master. Right. Have you lost your mind? Yeah. Well, no. I'm not operating in the feebleness right. that you operate in. So, I'm I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, you you guys figure out if you're going with me. And and isn't Life with Jesus a lot like that. It is. I'm going here because I'm not intimidated by it. Right. Where are you going? You gonna right. go home and pout? Right. You know you gonna go out in the community and talk about me? Right. Are you gonna go with me? Right. That's right. Good. And if you're gonna go with me, it's gonna cost you something. Yeah. Right. It's gonna cost you something. That's good. And and are you willing to go? And, you know, Thomas gets a bad rap all the time. Doubting Thomas. Everything else. I think Thomas operated on a much different plane than we give him credit for. But in this moment, of all of them, even more than Peter, 
Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Walk on Water. Right. Not taking anything away from that. That's incredible. Right. I wish I was Peter, right? I tell you, if I, saw a, if I saw a snake in the water, I guarantee I'd be like Peter. <laughs> but all of them. <laughs> I could walk on water. All of them were rebuking him. Yeah. Think about that. They were rebuking him. Lord. Right. We're not going there. Right. You know, he'll be fine. Right. So yeah. there's just something about their heart. Right. Right. Because clearly good. they meant more to themselves than Lazarus did. Right. He'll be fine. You don't need to go there. Thomas says, and, and I think what makes this so compelling is how he says it. Yeah. He doesn't stand up and say, we'll be okay with Jesus. What's he say? Let us go die with him. Wow. Right. So what does that mean? It means he was twixt between. Right. Right. Scripture talks about that. Right. He was twixt between. That's a sermon. He was going with Jesus no matter what. Right. But he also had the fear of death in his heart. Wow. Right. Yeah. So he believed like everybody else at the table, we're going to die. Right. But it's okay. We'll be with Jesus. Right. Yeah. And that's so good. When we come, when we come to that place in in our Christian life, in our ministry, whatever it is, right? That's when Jesus begins to take us into the unknown. That's so good. That's when He begins to take us in into higher ground, and that's when we begin to see things as He sees things. Because as long as we're operating from a fleshly perspective, we will never see things the way he sees things. Right. We'll never receive things the way he receives things. And we'll never do things the way he does things. That's why we have to get Jesus right. Thomas Thomas believed, yep, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. But we'll be with Jesus. Right. And I'd, I'll take that. I'll take that over knowing I left him yeah, and over knowing that I walked away from him and over knowing that I didn't have the guts to walk beside of him wow. and what he represented. Yeah. And yeah, Thomas stood up and good. said, let us go die with him. I, I mean, that's so good. I mean, I just love that moment. Yeah. You know, there's times, there's times in ministry, times in life. It's like, I, I remember driving down the road one day, And I said, God, I don't see it like you see it, but I trust you. Yeah, many times. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, I see it. I don't see it, God, but I trust you. And then as as time goes on and you walk with him, he reveals things. And then then you have that aha moment. Ah, I see why. See why I had to go through that. I see why I had to do this was to get me there. And it'll cost you. Right. Oh, yeah. I've lost friends, yeah. friends that I called family. Right. Yeah. Because they, they, in this moment, they refused to go to Bethany. Right. Whereas I said, let's go die with him. Right. Right. And when I chose to go with him, they chose to go the other way. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, tying it back to that scripture, I've lost friends. Mm-hmm. I've lost family. You know, the first church I ever pastored, 
I had to I had to stand my ground on something that put Sam at odds with her family. Hmm. And because she she stood by me and and you know her relationship with with them has not been the same since. You know, if we if we'd see each other in Walmart, we'd talk for a few minutes, share pictures of the kids and the grandkids and whatever, and and then move on. But there's there's no friendship there right. anymore. C- certainly no family there anymore. So, you know, when we when we come to these moments, when we come to these Bethany moments, mm-hmm. there's a choice to make, right? Right, and not everyone, even in the church. Right. Even everyone that's posting these great, you know, gospel meme pictures. Oh, I'm living at the foot of the cross because I made my Jesus post today. Right. Right. And everything, because all, all you're really doing is, is promoting a false identity when you do that. Yeah. You know, you're not fooling God and you're not fooling the people of God because they see through the smoke and the mirrors. And And what we need to understand is. Those are Bethany moments where you're either choosing Jesus or you're rejecting Jesus, wow. right? And you're never going to get to the next place, right, mm-hmm. without without choosing Jesus. You're never going to get to the semicolon right. if you don't go to Bethany. So what's, uh, what's Sunday's sermon about? Lazarus. Lazarus. <laughs> Ready to get to Lazarus. Yeah. With, with the Lord's help, we'll... Uh, We'll talk about Lazarus and and his sisters and and uh, <clears throat> and cover that. And I don't know; it might be a little different than what people are expecting. So you know, I would be—I don't know about you, but okay. <clears throat> so picture Lazarus. Okay, he's dead. He's wherever he's three at. Days. Yeah, three days. So if he's in paradise or wherever he is here, you know, it's like okay, he's dead. And I'm sure that he's probably sitting on the beach eating <laughs> grapes and strawberries and taking a nap and just enjoying life. And then all of a sudden, he feels himself leaving where he's okay, at. Wait, what, yeah, it's what like, are you doing? Whoa! And then he's back. And I would say his first comment to Jesus when he's looking at him face to face is, Really? <laughs> or what the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? So so then you got to think about this. Lazarus had to die again. Yeah. And I think about that stuff and I'm thinking I'm sure he was hacked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't want to give too much of the uh of of this week's sermon away. Come to come to Winfield 10:30 Sunday morning and and you'll hear it. It might be a little different take on on yeah. this um, scripture than what you've heard in the past. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, I think um, yeah, we'll tie it together. Tie it together. Yeah. So what's going on this weekend and uh, at the Pulse Church other than uh, Sunday morning Pulse Experience? Um, that's about it this weekend. Um, you know, three, five, six will meet on Sunday nights um, as usual. Um, on the 2nd, July 2nd, we'll have a family fun day at our place and, um, we're going to have some big hint, hint, big surprises. 
um, at this Family Fun Day. So we encourage everyone and their kids to come out. We'll be letting off our fireworks like we do every year um, on the Sunday before July 4th. So we'll be doing that um, this Sunday in August. Um, Isaac, who works at Camp Appalachia, um, has uh, arranged for us to have a pool party at, at Camp Appalachia. So our August um, Family Fun Day will be there. That's awesome. And um, yeah, so we're fin- they're finishing up the drywall um, today and tomorrow. And um, everyone needs to meet at 6 p.m. tomorrow so we can get everything put back together for um, Sunday morning. morning. Things are on the move. God's doing some great things. If you're not where you need to be with him, man, we don't want you to go to hell. Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell. He, hell is not a piece of real estate that you're to occupy. And so what you need to do is come to him. And you do that by saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. Use me for your kingdom, glory, and honor. Let me tell you something. It'll change your world forever. It's the greatest decision you ever have to make. People say, well, I need to quit this before I come to Jesus. No, you don't have to give up anything. He'll change you. He'll make you what he wants you to be. Just come to him as you are. If you prayed that prayer today, you need a Bible. Let us know. We'll send you one free of charge, courtesy of the Pulse WV Live. Do me another favor. If you're uh, if you have an Android, if you have a um, iPhone, go to your go to your store uh, and download the Pulse WV Live app. It is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, teaching, music, and preaching, and it will bless you around the clock wherever you may be listening. And so we encourage you to listen to our radio station as we broadcast around the world. Pray you have a great day. God's wonderful. Pastor Jay, awesome, awesome podcast. Uh, It's always a pleasure to to have you here. If you want to be a part of this ministry, thanks for praying for us. And we want to thank the ones who give. You can text the word PULSE to 1-304-244-3187. Go to the Pulse Church, uh, pulsechurch.com, give through PayPal. Or you can mail your love gift to P.O. Box 561, Eleanor, West Virginia, 25070. Have a great day. Thanks for listening and watching the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.